At the United States Postal Service, we deliver fast and affordably for small biz, big box, large scale, wholesale, retail, B2B, B2C, ASAP. USPS, delivering for America. Learn more at usps.com slash delivering. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. Uh, dashboard light problems? We can help. Our free fix finder service can read your check engine light, ABS light, and service indicator light, and give you possible solutions, verified by licensed technicians. You'll even get detailed results sent straight to your email so you have them when you need it most. It's the most complete free warning light report backed by technician verified fixes. The free fix finder service, only at AutoZone. Get in zone, AutoZone. More details at AutoZone.com. Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted, with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hi, Kirk Bowman and Don Wilcox. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting, Life Unscripted. We're so grateful to have you here today. We're talking about a fascinating topic. Uh, you guys came together, a conservative banker and a progressive professor, to come together to reform international philanthropy. People do not realize how easy it is for people to be part of giving and, and to help others. And you're going to share how you've come together and how everyone can get involved and do something great around the world or in their local community. Welcome, both of you. Thank you so much. Thank I'm you. so happy to be here. You betcha. So let's get started. I'd love to hear your story. How did you even come together, decide to work together? Who wants to start that fun chat? Go ahead, Kirk. Well, <laughs> We met as college sophomores. Um, we were in Washington, D.C. together as an internship. I worked for a very left-wing um, Latin American think tank, the Council on Hemispheric Affairs, and John worked for the Securities and Exchange Commission. So we had different attire. We had different uh, tasks. We had different philosophies, but we really hit it off right uh, away and we became fast friends that has endured to this day, um, which is now coming up on 40 years. Really? 40 years. That's phenomenal. I don't know too many people I've been friends with for that long. We've dissipated, gone our own way. That is fabulous. Now, how did it come to where you decided we we're going to make a big difference together in the world of philanthropy? How did that come about? John, do you want to share? Well, <laughs> Kirk, Professor, and you know, we've been very fortunate in our lives. Um, we've wanted to make a difference for the better in, the, in different communities and we wanted to try to find the best way to do that. And fortunately, we had some money to give away and we really started thinking about what's the best way to do that. And, and it really started with Kirk and I, as we mentioned, longtime friends, but we, when I mentioned to Kirk, um, well, when we decided we wanted to do something, Kirk had uh, a person that he knew down in Rio de Janeiro. His name was Sebastião, and he says, you have to meet this person. And that's kind of what really started the journey. And we ended up, um, this guy started this group called Maratus, which uh, teaches children badminton to get them off the streets. And he was super innovative. He got tired of losing. Uh -huh. and training the, the, the normal way and decided to teach the kids a five-step samba dance program, which increased the, their foot speed. And today, or the last Olympics, both uh -huh. the Olympians from Brazil came from this little favela. And then we uh, immediately fell in love with this person and started asking ourselves, 
how many of these other local superheroes in the global south mm -hmm. um you know exist and that really started on our journey wow you know i love that because i've taken a number of martial arts and i remember the first time taking tai chi and it's super slow and i said to the teacher oh this is really nice and beautiful and elegant but it seems like you're dancing to me it doesn't even seem like you can fight and then he told she told one of the master students come up here and and then she did it full speed and showed how once you learn to you know understand the mind body connection and work through the moves you can actually well you can defend yourself so she showed a, a fight series and i was like wow okay it's not just graceful and dancey it actually has some purpose so it's cool to see that he was able to do that now where did you come about creating rise up and what is that for audience well, we started working on some global philanthropy projects in Fiji in the traditional way of trying to establish some really innovative, brilliant projects in the coastal villages. And they all turned out to be disasters. So we started to think, why were these such failures when they were so well planned and had so much potential and we had so much money and we had local stakeholders? We did everything right. Why did it fail? So we started to investigate the successful programs and we found very few. We found a really big failure rate in global philanthropy projects. And John was a community banker. Mm -hmm. And so one day he tapped me on the shoulder and he said, you know why community banks don't fund startups? Because startups fail 70 to 90% of the time. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're trying to do too often in global philanthropy is startup projects in a country where we don't know the language very well, we don't have kinship connections, we don't know the legal system or the culture. Mm -hmm. And so the failure rate is incredibly high for all of these projects or it's incredibly inefficient. So we decided to test a model where instead of starting our own projects, we would be essentially anonymous sidekicks to the existing local superheroes who have been successful in their communities for at least 10 years. So they have this real track record of success. And so Rise Up and Care was a vehicle for us to be able to um, provide resources to these local superheroes and also to be able to test this model um, with 32 cases. And that's what we talk about in the book, Reimagining Global Philanthropy. I'd also mention that we have um, one hour documentary films and two minute trailers about each of these organizations at our book website for free. Um, and that is at www.reimagine.care. And you can actually watch the trailer um, about Sebastian um, and the one hour award-winning documentary film. And you can really understand why the passion and the knowledge and the innovation of these local superheroes wow. is so superior to us coming in from abroad. Wow. You know what? This is phenomenal for me because uh, I remember, Kurt, many years ago, I had a gal on who worked for um, an organization that would help the hungry uh, um, in third world countries. And she said to me, as a young 18 year old, I'm like, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to help all these poor people. But it was coming from this, this idea that I'm going to come save them. And she said, lo and behold, when I got to these villages, there were the elders who were like, we know what needs to be done. We just need the resources. Mm -hmm. And she said, I got humble 
real quick when I realized, okay, I'm a little kid. Let me listen to these older adults and elders and let them show me how I can help them. And it changed my whole outlook on it. And so that's what I like about this model. It's not coming in from the ground up and, and doing like a lot of nonprofits where you're just looking for a bunch of money that end up being run out of and used for administrative stuff. This way you're helping people who are on, local on the ground, they know what they need and you just help them get the resources. I love that. I love that. Right, and, and we take the startup risk out. Yeah. It's the same reason in banking. I mean, why do businesses fail? Great intentions, they have the right model. They think, you know, maybe a lot of experience, but 70 to 90% of businesses fail for all kinds of reasons. And there's no reason to think that it would be any different in a nonprofit. And the fact is 70 to 90% of nonprofits fail. Great intentions, want to start a tilapia farm in Fiji, but they've never been to Fiji and they don't know anything about tilapia. And it, the, so when you find, when you take out that startup risk and you find already successful organizations and you become the sidekick, mm -hmm. which is what our model suggests and just provide the expansion capital, as you suggest, your results go up five, six fold. Wow. That's amazing. Now, if we were to offer anyone excited out there saying the new year's coming and I want to be part of change, how can I get involved? What can I do where I'm at right now? What would be your suggestion to them? Well, we have an entire I mean, chapter, cha yeah. our final <laughs> chapter uh, of the book, Reimagine Global Philanthropy goes step by step through ways that you can make a big impact difference. Um, and the first thing is to really examine yourself and your intentions and think about being efficient and about uh, celebrating the local leaders and not stealing their thunder. So there are churches, for example, in Mexico that are painted every summer four times by different groups going to the global south to do good, right? Yeah, yeah. Or there are people that go to lay bricks in villages to build schools and at night the local villagers take all the bricks down and relay them because the volunteers don't have the skill set to even lay the bricks. So the efficiencies are terrible in a lot of global philanthropy. So if you if you think of yourself as a sidekick and try to add leverage to existing organizations, um, then you'll get there very quickly. And of course, there's a lot to do right in our own backyards, no matter where we are. Yeah, I, I love that you say that. I, you know, that's a good point. Uh, so many people focus, where can I go far, far away? Sometimes right there in your neighborhood, you'll find there's, you know, a school suffering, uh, they don't have proper resources to, to educate the kids or whatever. And you could just be a sidekick there, come in and help. Uh, I myself had trouble reading was several grades behind because of severe dyslexia. I had um, volunteers come in and help me read. So uh, that was, uh, if I didn't learn to read, I've been very big trouble right now. So I'm very grateful to those volunteers. So something like that, even what's your take? Yeah. Don? Find, find the local. There's always a local superhero yeah. in every neighborhood. Uh, and you find those people that just literally dream about helping other people. That's all they do. They're just why they're there. I mean, how they get this passion or dreams. I have no idea, but there are people in every neighborhood that are, that are, doing great things in their community. And if you yeah. can identify those people and give them that pat on the back or the some financial support, they know how to deploy the money and, and get the highest impact. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'd love to hear from both of you one great story that just really jazzed you that you've gone through in, in creating the philanthropy efforts. Um, let's start with you, Kirk. Do you have one exciting story you'd like to share with the audience about something you experienced? Well, I want to go back to the this character, Sebastian, okay. um, because I actually met Sebastian through a fluke on social media from someone in Switzerland I had a group of students from Georgia Tech. Um, and of course, students are always told at American universities that they can change the world, that they have all the innovation, all the great ideas. And it's really hard for us to think, what can we learn from poor people, often people of color in marginalized neighborhoods? Because we really carry with us in global philanthropy, this uh, a white man's burden view of the world. And that we're going to help save and bring salvation and civilization. Um, and so we went and we met this guy, Sebastian. He's a, a huge man, is his has the biggest hands, he gives you a hug, and it really transforms your life. Um, and our students met this guy, and we went to this very small favela in the outskirts of Rio de Janeiro. We are a little bit nervous, to be honest. And he has this enormous blue building which houses four indoor badminton courts. And if you can imagine some, someone building a badminton center with four indoor courts, a library, cafeteria, dormitory, with his bare hands over 17 years. Mm. And you start to imagine the passion and the connection that some of these local superheroes have with their community and neighborhood. Um, and then he showed us how he came up with this five-step program to teach the kids how to be badminton champions through mm -hmm. samba dancing. And he put a, us through the first practices and it, a light went off in my head because we always study it at universities, innovation. Mm -hmm. And for us, innovation always has to have something with technology. But this light went off, it was like a Eureka movement that this is real innovation that has a much bigger social impact than a lot of this technology being done at Georgia Tech or MIT. Yeah. And that we really need to re-examine our, our assumptions that we have all the solutions. Mm. And so Sebastian was this, this great kind of, not only a, an example, but a teacher mm. to both John and I of, of being humble and recognizing that innovation and leadership can come from anywhere. It's so cool. I love that. We do get so caught up in our, our modern technology, our, our cell phones, our smartphones, without realizing sometimes you can go back to good old uh, imagination. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Tell me, John, what's your what's your wonderful story that you like just stands out for you as one of your favorites? Well, I have many, many stories. Some I probably shouldn't share or can share or shouldn't share. But I think the, for me, the, the story that is been so great uh is just you know ha writing a book reimagine reimagine global philanthropy with my best friend who in many ways thinks completely opposite of the way i do and i think part of this story is how the left and the right if they really truly can come together and find common ground in the middle what a big difference that we all can make especially in today's world where there's so much polarization so i guess the story i would like to tell is just the story of a banker and a professor who in many ways thinks completely different but yet we have 
probably 90% of our thinking in common. And I think that's true in the world today. And I think if we could put aside our, some of the more extreme thoughts or opinions mm -hmm. that we have and find common ground, we could really uh, make a difference, not only in philanthropy, but in yeah. many, many other things. Yeah. I totally love that you say that, John, because uh, right when uh, Trump had first been elected in 2016, um, I remember there were a lot of tension and we had people coming on the biz show just bringing up political points of view. I'm like, hello, business show. What part of this did you not understand as a business show? So we started something called a heartbeat of the world where we could bring up really touchy subjects and have people talk openly. And people were just too at odds to want to open and talk openly. But I found at my local coffee shop down the corner, I would just get together and I would just sit with people and say, what's your point of view on this and that? And we just open up and we'd realize that there's way more similarities in what we care about and want and desire in life than there are differences. Um, but sometimes you get caught up in all these little, um, you know, points of view or whatever is being plugged out there by mainstream or something that you forget that we all want the same thing. We want love. We want to be able to create a wonderful life and give. And, uh, you know, so if we get back to that, so I really love that, John. But, you know, guys, we could be here for hours. You've offered so much to our audience. Where can they find out more about you, Reimagining Global Philanthropy, your book, and find out more about Rise Up? How can they do that? We have a website at www.reimagine.care, which is the, the webpage for the book. It also has um, uh, discussion questions, um, a way to get a hold of us if you're having a book club meeting that you want us to come on, um, and of course, access to these award-winning trailers um, and documentary films that were co-directed by Katya Lund, who was the co-director of City of God. Um, and then Rise Up and Care has a website, riseup.care, um, and you can get a hold of us through that. Awesome. I will That's have a both. Three nonprofit, and 100%, 100 cents at every dollar goes to charity. Kirk and I, we cover all the administrative costs. And uh, so uh, the, there's no, there's no overhead, overhead hang. I love it. I love it. And so I, I'll have both of these uh, websites on your show page. And again, thank you both for coming to Savvy Broadcasting today. Thank you. All right. You know, thank it you. was a pleasure. Thank you. Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more savvy episodes and savvy biz tips, go to www.lifeunscriptedradio.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at lifeunscriptedradio.com. Welcome to AutoZone, America's number one brakes destination. We have the pads, rotors, drums, shoes, and brake fluids to improve your stopping power. Right now, save 15% when you get any two Duralast rotors with a set of Duralast brake pads. Missing a tool? Ask about our free loan -a tool program and borrow the tools you need to get the job done. Claim based on data from the MPD Group 2021. Deposit required for loan -a tool. There are all different sizes of businesses. Big business, small business, that awkward growing phase business, the running this thing from my garage business, and the OMG we can't hire fast enough business. 
Wherever you are in your business journey, HubSpot's powerful but easy-to-use CRM platform grows with you. It lets all of your teams work together seamlessly, whether that's just you and your roommate or colleagues across multiple time zones. Grow better with HubSpot by connecting your people, your customers, and your business. Learn more at HubSpot.com.